Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mid-East soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Protest on the soccer pitch is turning out to be a mixed blessing for World Cup host Qatar by exposing double standards on both sides of multiple divides. Protest is seemingly acceptable when it strokes with Qatari policies, such as the Gulf states' increasingly assertive denunciation of double standards in Western criticism of discrimination against LGBT people, or refusal to establish diplomatic relations with Israel in the absence of a resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. However, protest and media quickly encounter the limits of Qatari tolerance and notions of freedom of expression when it touches on politically sensitive issues, ranging from support for LGBT rights to solidarity with demonstrators in Iran who have defied a brutal crackdown by security forces in more than two months of anti-government manifestations. As a result, the debate on double standards at times amounts to the kettle calling the pot black. That is not to question the legitimacy of criticism leveled by Gata and its critics at each other. However, it is to note that both parties' credibility is in question because of their inconsistencies and failures to put their own houses in order. On one level, the World Cup is happening smoothly. On another, we go from crisis to crisis, said a journalist covering the tournament for a major Western news organization. The journalist said photographers were often on the front line with Guthrie authorities stopping them from taking pictures of security forces, preventing fans from wearing clothing to matches or taking into stadiums paraphernalia that signaled support for Iranian protesters or LGBT rights. The real test case will be when the United States plays Iran. That could be the crescendo in the clash over what protesters and media can and cannot do said another journalist. The November 29 match is likely the World Cup's most politically charged game, with talks to revive the 2015 international agreement that curbed the Islamic Republic's nuclear program all but dead, and Iraq-mediated negotiations with arch-rival Saudi Arabia suspended. Iran accuses the United States, Saudi Arabia, and Israel of inciting the sustained anti-government protests. The US Soccer Federation joined the fray with Iran ahead of the two nations World Cup match when it briefly displayed Iran's national flag on social media without the emblem of the Islamic Republic, saying the move was in support of protesters in Iran. Iran accused the Federation of removing the name of God from their national flag and said it would complain to FIFA. However, U.S. soccer later restored the Islamic Republic's flag on social media. Meanwhile, Guthrie nationals prepared to protest against Western double standards and criticism of the Gulf state didn't encounter problems entering the stadium to watch Germany's group match against Spain. 
During the game, Guthrie fans held pictures of former German national team player Mesut Özil, a German-born descendant of Turkish immigrants, while covering their mouths in protest against German double standards. Mr. Özil quit the German team after becoming a target of racist abuse and a scapegoat for Germany's early World Cup exit in 2018. The Guthrie protest was in response to Germany's team covering their mouth for a group photo in advance of a match against Japan after FIFA President Gianni Infantino banned players from wearing One Love bands during games. Earlier, prominent Guthrie's wore pro-Palestinian armbands at Germany's match against Japan to counter the pro-LGBT One Love band sported by German Interior Minister Nancy Faeser during the game. Qatar's Emir, Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani, signaled the Gulf state's greater assertiveness in countering criticism when he lamented some three weeks before the kickoff of the World Cup that Qatar had been subjected to an unprecedented campaign, scrutiny and scorn that no host country has faced. In an indication that human rights, labor and LGBT groups may be losing leverage, the Emir said that we initially dealt with the matter in good faith and even considered some of criticism as positive and useful. But it soon became clear that the campaign tends to continue and expand to include fabrications and double standards that were so ferocious that it has unfortunately prompted many people to question real reasons and motives behind this campaign. The critics' problem is their past failure to tackle with equal ferocity issues of human rights, prejudice, and bigotry in the run-up to the 2018 Russian World Cup as well as to separate the wheat from the chaff by distancing themselves from criticism of Qatar that is laced with bias and racism. In doing so, critics are as much their own worst enemy as they have been drivers of social change in Qatar. By allowing Qatar to deflect criticism, by credibly calling into question critics' credibility, Activists have enabled the Gulf state to take its counteroffensive to the next level. In its latest move, Qatar was reviewing, according to the Financial Times, its substantial investments in London after the city's transport authority suspended advertising from the Gulf state because of the controversies over worker and LGBT rights. Qatari investments include London's landmark Herod's Department Store, the iconic Shard Building, and Cannery Wharf, part of the city's central business district. To be fair, Qatar was one of 11 countries in the Middle East, Africa, and South Asia that were banned in 2019 from advertising by the authority, Transport for London, on the grounds of human rights violations. Nevertheless, the agency allowed some Gatari advertising until last week's World Cup kickoff when it decided to implement the ban fully. Even so, the list reinforced the notion of double standards by failing to include China at the height of its brutal crackdown on Turkic Muslims 
in the northwestern province of Xinjiang. Russia, that was annexing Ukrainian territory, repressing LGBT people, and attempting to assassinate its critics at home and abroad. And Israel, with its increasingly racial policies towards Palestinians. Qatar is likely to be the first of numerous Middle Eastern battlegrounds, with countries like Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt hosting or preparing bids to host multiple major sporting events, including Asian Cup competitions, the 2030 World Cup, and the 2036 Summer Olympics. The bids constitute a rich and legitimate hunting ground for human, worker, and LGBT rights activists. However, their effectiveness will to a significant extent depend on their ability to put their own house in order. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Also, thank you to all who have demonstrated their appreciation for my column by becoming paid subscribers. This allows me to ensure that it continues to have maximum impact. Maintaining free distribution means that news websites, blogs, and newsletters across the globe can republish it. I launched my column 12 years ago. If you are able and willing to support the column, please become a paid subscriber by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. Thank you. Take care and best wishes. Thank you.